Support for the brand new season of the Agave Social Club podcast is brought to you by my friends at SipTequila.com. I use SipTequila.com because I know that my orders will arrive within a few days. And if there's ever an issue, they will resolve it immediately. There are other online sites that sell bottles that they don't have in stock, making you wait weeks just to then try to sell you something else. That won't happen with SipTequila.com. Premium brands ship direct to your door. And now it's time for the show. Do you ever wish that you could go to a website or have an app on your phone and see information about a bottle of tequila? To see the production process, rate and review it? Well, you can. It's called the Tequila Matchmaker app, and it's one of, if not the most useful tool for anyone looking to learn more about tequila. My guest today is one of the creators, a fan favorite, so I had to bring him back to see what's in store for 2023 on this episode of the Agave Social Club Podcast, hosted by me, Doug Price. Welcome to the show. This is the brand new season of the Agave Social Club Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Price. To kick off episode one, I knew I had to go big. So I invited my friend from Tequila Matchmaker, Grover Sanchagrin. Always a pleasure to speak with you, buddy. Welcome back to the show. Loved it the first time. Good to be back. Years ago, you built the Tequila Matchmaker app. Since then, the community that you guys have built, it's grown so much larger than simply an app. This is the first recommendation I give when someone wants to know more about tequila. The amount of information that's on this app is its remarkable. Remind us why you and your wife, Scarlett, created this app and your vision for it. I think we were just crazy at the time. We learned a lot. We came down to Mexico uh, several times. We spent a lot of time with producers and we learned a lot about production, a lot about the people, the culture. And when we came back, we decided we should do something, uh, you know, to bring this knowledge, this our experience to other people. And we thought an app would be a good place to start. Uh, nothing had existed in the in the field before, and we thought it was open for something. And of course, we never built an app before, and we decided to give it a try. We did, and it was the first. Uh, the first version of the app was very bad. It was very embarrassing. But you got to start somewhere, I guess. And we learned a lot about the app and creating apps and how people would use it. And we were able to test our data model to see if what we thought was going to work would work. Turned out we uh, needed to make some changes and we did. We're on the third version of the app now and we're actually working on a whole bunch of updates that are gonna roll out throughout the first half of 2023. So that's gonna be exciting to see those changes come out. Did you ever think it would be to what it is now? I mean, it really, has impacted the industry in such a huge way. And every day you're just getting more and more people that one are talking about it, but two recommending it as people will want to know this information. I remember, you know, when we first put the app together and Scarlett says to me like, well, how do we know? Like, what's, what's a good number? Like, where should we be? And I said, you know, if we can get to 10,000 people, that would be a miracle. That would be like, that would be a success if we could get 10,000 people. Now I'm looking at the counter right now on the on the screen. It's telling me we have 213,000. So yeah, and that's just the people who have taken the time to sign up for the app. There's about 8,000 people per day that come to the website. So that's the tequilamatchmaker.com website that people can go to and do similar things just like through the app. Yeah, it's a it's like a it's a research portal. So you could do a lot of the research that you would do in the app, but you don't have to have an account. When we first came up with the app, some people were leaving nasty comments like, oh, I have to leave my email address. That's terrible. Uh, you know, I wanted all, all the data that you compile. I want that all for free and anonymously. You know, so we were like, well, okay. And so we created the website and now people can just, you know, if they want to search for data on tequila, they can just use the website. If you want to rate, if you want to be part of the community, if you want to use our location services or any kind of stuff like that, you need the app. But otherwise, you can just use the website. I'm always amazed at how fast you get information about new products on the app, on the website. You know, there's a ton of new tequilas that are always hitting the market. I would imagine it's just constant work to continue to update because this isn't something that you just set up and then you walk away. You're plugged into this pretty regularly updating with information. Is that correct? Yeah, it's kind of a problem and an addiction. It's funny that you said we have thing, uh, data fast. I feel like we don't, it, I feel like we're slow. But when brands come out, I'm always checking on them to see 
I don't know if that's you taking the photos or if you're pulling the photos from somewhere, but they're up there. And from time to time, you'll see if you go to a brand and it says may need more information or something like that. But for the most part, I feel like you guys are, are pretty quick to educate us about a, a new bottle or a new brand when it says it needs more information are you i mean at times just waiting for those brands to reach out to you i know you're there you're in mexico so you have access to to all these distilleries and and you've got such great relationships there but there are times where you do need some more information and are you reaching out to those brands or are you waiting for them to to get in touch with you to let you go through that process and everything for you know all all of their explanation of of each one of their products it varies but we don't usually wait around. Uh, that's the last thing. Most of the time, brands are so busy getting their brands off the ground and doing all this other work, they have very little time for us. But we, we do a lot of research and searching in various ways. The CRT list that comes out every, well, usually every month. And then there's another TTB, COLAS database that we tap into that is a U.S. Any label that appears in the U.S. as a product for sale has to go has to get approval through the TTB. And they have a the database that you can search in. We learn a lot of stuff that way. Distilleries. Distilleries will oftentimes reach out to us and say, hey, we're working on a new brand. Heads up. And we'll get it that way before the brand even knows. And sometimes people. Uh, and sometimes the brands themselves. But with a new additive-free program, there's just been that there seems to have been a increased exposure to that program yep. now, and a lot of the brands want to include, want to be on our list on the day they announce their launch. So we're getting more brands contacting us uh, like f- as they're flying below the radar, just getting started in secrecy. They'll invite us to the distillery and uh, take the samples that we need and do the testing before anyone ever knows about it. So that's getting fun. In 2020, you launched the Additive Free Program. This is opt-in program. It's it's for brands that want to be super transparent about their production. It's It's not mandatory. Some brands don't want to be a part of it. I know a lot of brands want to be a part of it. I'm sure there are probably some brands that want to be a part of it, but aren't able to be a part of it because they just don't fully know. But this has continued to grow. As you said, people want to know about the production process. What are some of the things that that you've learned over the past year as you continue to build this program? Oh, man, we've learned so much. I mean, like, keep in mind, we're getting we're getting exposure to information that is pretty deep. And a lot of it is you know, we have to sign NDAs and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of it I can't really talk about in terms of like outing brands or anything like that. The biggest lesson I think in the last year has been shockingly and sadly, a lot of brand owners don't know that their tequila has additives. Yeah. So, you know, they'll run around. If somebody talks to an influencer or a retail store owner as from the position of owner of a brand, and that person says, we don't have any additives in our product. Well, you heard it right from the owner, right? That, that should be true. The owner should know. But we've heard brands that shouldn't be saying that are running around saying that. And the thing is, it's not necessarily, they're not like openly lying because what they're saying is what they believe to be true. But they're not really sure necessarily because they don't, they're going on good faith word of their distiller. And if, if the distiller is less than honest or not forthcoming, then you're not going to get the right answers. So it's it's a little sad to see. There have been brands that have had distilleries that said, like, oh, we're totally additive free. And I'm like, great, let's let's work it out with the distillery. And then the distillery said, absolutely not. You cannot set foot in our premises to do your process because of the inventor reason. So we're seeing a lot of interesting excuses from distilleries. That's, what, that's to be expected. And as this does continue to grow, I mean, people are wanting to know about what what they're drinking. Again, the transparency is huge. You've told me offline that sometimes it's it's the questions to ask the master distiller or the, the distillery owner that the brands may not really be asking the right questions. And they just hear additives and go, no, there's there's no additives in here. But they have to keep digging to, to use certain words to go, hey, is this in my tequila? And I'm, I'm sure a lot of brands, again, they're not there and they're just trusting the master distiller if it's a contract brand. But is it somewhat that maybe there's still confusion on or, or is it something that the, the distillers, I mean, I know they should know what's what, but maybe just in that, that communication breakdown as to what they're asking, is this exactly in this tequila? Yeah, that's a really interesting translation 
problem that's happening. So someone will call up a distillery and they'll say, do we have additives or in Spanish additivos, right? Do we have additives in our tequila? And there's a quick no, of course not. Now, additives or additivos, in to, according to the the language used here in the distillery industry, is is more linked to something like adding a flavoring, like a spearmint or a strawberry, something that's really uh, a flavored something. And it, what the word to use is another. It's, there's another word the industry has come up with. It's called abocantes. This, these are like tools. They, they don't see them as additives, even though they are. They see them as like smoothing agents, uh, polishing, or making something a little bit more palatable. Okay. Taking off a little rough edge here and there. Making a color just a slight bit, you know, darker or lighter or whatever. And so they are using the incorrect language. So if the brand instead called them, hey, do we have any abocantes in our product that you'll get a probably a different answer that's crazy that's crazy that brands think hey there's nothing going on because they're trusting and then when they come to you they they can't come through the program you know additives as for people that are listening additives you can have up to one percent and and still not have to put any claims on the packaging or label that there's additives and a lot of times these additives are a lot stronger in terms of the sweetener and and so it really does change you think one percent doesn't really change much but it really and we've seen we we can taste we do blinds we can taste a huge difference and you know my issue with it i think there's a, a massive audience that isn't aware and and maybe they are and they just they don't care and it really comes down to educating and i think the proof is that there's so many big brands by volume they are using some form of additives, and unfortunately, they will outsell the Fortalezas, the Casqueens, the G4s, because they're you know they're selling a ton of a ton of product. And I think over the years, we've just gotten further and further away from what authentic tequila is. It's like that game telephone. It starts here, and then by the end of it, it gets to a place where people, you know, either have additives in their tequila because the tequila is really poorly made, and they have to make up for that. And people think that's what tequila is, and they go, "No, no, I can't, I can't do tequila." Or it's you know this other form that I feel like over the past couple of years we've really seen it enter the market. A lot of it is potentially celebrity backed. Some of these where you know they're going through the steps and then they want to add some sweetener or something because they want vanilla, they want smooth, they want whatever it is to hit those numbers, and it continues to show like this is not what authentic tequila is. So, so this additive free program, this is a program where you guys go in and you do test everything. And it is a program that, that you have to renew every year. I mean, this is, you guys are, are keeping brands honest to, if they've made it one year, they, that doesn't mean that they're in for a lifetime. And we have seen in this past year, you know, there are, for whatever reason, some brands fall off that list. I have seen recently Patron. Patron fell off that list. Is it something where they just felt, hey, we don't need to be a part of this program or uh, something else going on as to why they're not on the list anymore. Patron, it was a surprise to us that they wanted to be on the list and uh, in the first place. And so we, we went through their distillery and it took us two days to go through everything, but they eventually passed uh, with flying colors. And then uh, we went back another year and uh, renewed everything. Once again, everything was great. The third year, a lot of the people that we had had relationships with were no longer there. And suddenly when we came in to do our third confirmation process, they wanted to be on the list still, of course, but it was a different tone. It was different people. They were like suspicious of us and were wondering why we were taking pictures of certain things and what they didn't really understand what was going on or why were we even doing this. It was kind of a nuisance to them, it seemed like. But of course, they wanted to be on the list again, and so we went through the process, and we were almost finished. We got to the point of needing to see one set of production records, the same stuff that we'd seen years before, and, uh, and they said, oh, sorry, sorry, no, we can't show you that anymore. And of course, this is a very important part of our process. We have to see, you know, all of the production documentation for the year to make sure that it matches up with, with the other claims, and, and without that, we really couldn't finish our process. So we said, well, you know, you realize if we can't see this 
stuff that we've seen before we can't finish this and so like ah well let us think about it and then they eventually came back and said like ah we can't show you that sorry we can't do that anymore and so we were like okay well that's you know we can't make exceptions for you or anyone so if you can't follow the process then you're gonna have to fall off the list and that's the truth like you know the that's that's how it went down. It was unfortunate, but you know it, uh, it it is what it is. And this is all you guys are doing this all on your own. I mean, there's no there's no sponsors. There's no brand involvement. I mean, this is a third party. You guys are coming in. You're doing all your due diligence. You're you're looking at everything. And just like you said, even a brand as large as Patron, if they say, hey, we're not going to show you something, then they're not going to be able to be a part of the program. Yeah, I mean, like, admittedly, our process is very thorough and quite invasive, and especially when it's an entire distillery, we really do need to see all of the information and and then cross-check it with other stuff, you know, So because there's a lot of things that are going on in the industry. And, you know, our additive-free program is, is kind of, if you really look, think about it, it's kind of more than just checking for additives. You know, we're checking if you're buying tequila from other distilleries, yeah. which is another issue. That most people wouldn't think about. I mean, that's something that I've learned through the years, that most people wouldn't even think why you would do that, but that is something that happens. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's nothing like it. There's nothing wrong with a t- uh, brand buying tequila from another distillery. That That's a very common thing. But the problem is, like, for our purposes, we don't know what was put in that tequila before it got to that distillery. So we have seen some tequilas that have come from a distillery already containing additives. So, you know, so we have to be very careful. If somebody buys tequila from another distillery, well, okay, now we have to go check that distillery. It can be a lot of work running around with the driving. We've put a lot of miles on the car. But yeah, it's just Scarlett and I, and we hired, uh, we hired actually a a first full-time employee here down in Mexico. Okay. Name's Carla. Carla does all of our calendaring and scheduling now. So that's been a huge help. And you guys have recently, I mean, you're celebrating. I mean, this is huge for brands to to make it on this list. And again, I know, you know, these smaller craft brands that us as tequila lovers, I mean, we love talking about, you know, these amazing brands and some of the larger brands. I mean, they're, they're massive brands, but this is something to be celebrated. In this past year, two years, you've started you know, making certificates and and really presenting to these brands or distilleries that have gone through the program, which is a, a huge honor to them and a and a pretty cool thing that you've got designed. You know, Casqueen. You know, you're presenting to them. You know, it's funny. We noticed when certain things about a, a culture you notice when you come, like when we come from the states, and so we go to Mexico, and we notice that the Mexicans really love getting certificates. It's like a like a, a thing that they <laughs> they love to do. Yeah, they hang them up on the wall. They get certificates for everything. And so we we made a, we hired a great designer, Eduardo. He came up with this really cool certificate thing that had to be hand hand printed with silk screen, you know, and five different layers of of print on it. It's really really like a lot of work went into this really beautiful. It's almost like a piece of art. And so we had the the name of each one of the brands or the distilleries put on there and uh, when we present it to them it's like oh my god look at the quality of this thing and so they get very excited and they hang it on their wall and, and it's been great it, it just it's for us it's just great that they would want to hang something like that on their wall like something that came from us i'm glad it, it's a it's a way for them to kind of show that they're on the list and be proud of it yeah yeah i mean look it's, it's a huge point of pride for them to be recognized for you guys to to go out of your way to recognize them. You know, we've talked about you guys very invasive. I've also heard that this past year, you've partnered up with a lab that can test for additives that will allow you to to be even more thorough. What, what can you tell me about that? So testing for additives is very difficult it, still. Even though there are lab tests that can be run, there's no definitive lab test that can detect everything. So there has to be a reliance on one's palate and experience by going and seeing the production and, and process. There's no substitute for, you, you can't just do everything by a machine. So you have to be able to go and take samples from the stills and, and, and samples after filtration and samples after dilution and samples after it's been bottled. All that stuff needs to happen. But every once in a while, there's a reason or a cause for us to do a lab test. Lab tests are limited, but we do do them. Um, we can detect uh, through a lab partner, 
that we have several now. There's a couple of them that we use that each specialize in different things. But uh, you can detect artificial and natural sweetener. That is something that uh, can be identified through uh, liquid chromatography. And we can also test for glycerin and propylene glycol. Now, these are things that, that producers can use as an element to increase the mouthfeel, like make it more oily or thicker okay. in your mouth. And uh, also glycerin is commonly used to cover up defects. So um, it, kind of, it kind of deadens a lot of the uh, sensations that you would get uh, and it would lessen the impact of a defect. Those things are not naturally occurring. They should not, glycerin or propylene glycol should not be in, in the tequila. It, it's present in, the glycerin is present in fermentation, but it doesn't make its way through into the distillation. And so if it's present, then it was added. And so we can test for that. All the rest of the things like oak extract, vanilla, uh, these things, there's no test to uncover the addition of those things. It really requires that you know exactly what it is that you're looking for before you before you test for it. Luckily, glycerin and propylene glycol and all the different various types of artificial and natural sugars are all those molecules can be identified, and so we can test for them. But we don't know what kind of vanilla extract is, is going to be in used, and, uh, and oak extract is something that is naturally occurring from a barrel, so you would never be able to distinguish whether it came from the barrel or it was added. So that's where your palate has to come in. That's where you have to collect samples, you know, after they empty the barrels and after they filter it and, you know, after they bottle it and then compare those things to make sure there's no drastic change suddenly happened. And you said that you guys for the lab, for them to come in, it is something that, you know, not all the time, but is that something that you're choosing or you just need to dig a little deeper? Is that when, when are you bringing in the lab to, to really dive deep into it? If there's something that we can't really figure out, like if some, if a change has occurred and we're and we're curious, like well, how how did that happen? There was one case where we tasted a final product and it felt different in our mouth, and so we sent it off to to check for glycerin, and it turned out there was no glycerin. Um, so we were like, okay, great. You know, obviously our palates are are learning always as yeah. well. But it's good to have these tests to be able to do that. Another time, often what we'll do with testing is we'll get a brand will express interest in being in the program. When we pre-taste, we might have some questions and or you know, on you know, it may not be so clear as to whether or not, you know, they they contain additives or not. And so then even without them knowing, we'll just take <laughs> their product and send it in and see what the lab report says before we respond. We'll tell them like, look, we did some testing and we found the presence of glycerin. And I'm sorry that you didn't know that, but I think you should have a conversation with your with your distillery. And also don't take our word for it. We would encourage you to take put your own products in and have your own products tested. Do the same tests we do. Don't take our word for it and, and see what happens. The point for us is, you know, if a brand doesn't know that they that they have additives, they should they should know, right? They should yeah. learn this. And we've had we've had there are some brands now that are in the process of leaving their distillery because the because of this exact thing and moving to a distillery that's willing to be transparent in every way and produce something without additives well i would guess i mean look if they wanted to set out to have a tequila that is added a free in their mind and maybe their palate wasn't able to pick it up i've noticed that there's some brands that the additives are so strong and it's you know there's a there's a certain profile that they're going for very medicinal i i was with you guys last year we did a blind tasting one was additive one was not we've done the blanco additive free so you really start to taste different different tequilas that you can pick up but then there's some others that maybe they've had a little more experience using additives and it is slight it, it's you know to me i go i think there's something going on here but i i don't know if i would say with uh, you know 100 percent that there's something going on here so i would think that if they don't pick it up and then they find out they're they're going to be thanking you and they're going to be looking to have those conversations or move their whole production to another distillery. Yeah, you know, the one the one cool thing about the additive free program is it's a list. It's a list of, of products that people can use to train their yeah. palate. 
And we've already seen how people have just said, you know what, I'm going to stick to this list. I'm going to just drink only what's on this list. And after six months of just being on that list, you know, they say, oh, I've, I went out to a bar the other night or I went out to a party and all they had was, you know, such and such. And it's, something was really off. And that's just an example of how somebody learned. They just trained their brain. They trained their palate because anything outside of the range of what's of all the 80 brands that are in our program, anything that is wildly outside of that scope is, is cause for suspicion. And you'll you'll just naturally pick up on it if you kind of stick to that list for a while. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I've been loving tequila for you know, 10, 15 years. And there was a time where I didn't know what I didn't know. And there would be brands or, or certain bottles that I think, hey, this is good quality tequila. Even I've fallen into that trap of price dictates quality. And you think, and then like you said, you spend time with these additive free, pure water agave yeast. And you go back to those and they're not even, I mean, you can't even drink it. I mean, it, it's so left of center that you just go, this doesn't taste anything like what tequila is. So I, I can see where people, you know, want to continue to use those lists. I've heard of restaurants that say, hey, we use that list to build our, our bar for tequila because we want to make sure we're sharing authentic tequilas, which is which is pretty cool. You've talked about the best way to learn is by doing. And that's exactly what you're doing with the Latacito project. This was, I know, a, a COVID a project that you started a while back. We now have batch five, which before I, I've had all four before this one, I had smaller samples, but this is now a legit 500 milliliter bottle label and all. I think the lots are just getting better and better. And, and once this opens up, man, this is delicious. What have you learned throughout this process of you making your, your own oh tequila God. at home? What have I learned? I think the biggest lesson is fermentation is absolutely everything. Like, I mean, you know, you know, it doesn't get much love, but it's the heart and soul of everything. And any kind of aroma or flavor or mouthfeel or anything that's in there that you're that you're perceiving as a character is coming from the yeast. And so, rushing the process or introducing something that foreign yeast or ambient yeast, all of these things. Open fermentation versus closed fermentation, all of this stuff plays a factor. And it's happening at like this microscopic level and you can't really control it. The best thing you can do is like give it the best surroundings and the best, you know, environment, treat it really well and give it respect and hope for the best. And so everything else in the process, I feel like is something you can repeat, you can dial in, you can fine tune. It's just that one variable of fermentation that is like so critical and sensitive it's fascinating to me it's like watching paint dry a little bit but i'll go into the distillery and i'll just watch the fermentation bubbles just like fascinating there's all kinds of stuff going on underneath that surface and and you just you know hoping and praying that it's going to turn out to your favor i think it's uh, doesn't get enough credit or respect and not enough people talk about it but I have come to learn that it is absolutely everything. I love when Sophie Dickelbeck was on the show. She, I mean, she like started out the show just by saying fermentation is life. And I thought, man, what a cool quote yeah. just because she, she gets fermentation and this project, I mean, Latacito, this is the ultimate tequila geek. I mean, I, I can hear it in your voice, how excited you are about this project. For anybody that isn't familiar with this, talk to me a little bit, because you there's been a journey here, and I'm sure the confidence from lot one to lot five has, has been very different to some extent, but this is you, I mean, you are making tequila in your garage, in your house, and, and it's a very small batch, but but tell me a little bit about this process. And, and I wanna get into this lot five and, and these amazing agaves that you're using and the partnerships that you've got with these brands to, to give you you know these agaves, but, but what's going on with this project? Well, it's first of all, it's just endless fun. And we get to learn a lot about tequila and tequila production uh, along the way. You know, it started It started just during pandemic when we couldn't leave the house. And so we decided to buy a still and we went to Fortaleza and just took a bunch of agave, one agave actually, out of their oven. 
Guillermo was totally, he was, you know, super happy to, for us to be geeking out, you know, like this. And so we just, you know, crushed it at home. And it was on the roof of our office, the tequila matchmaker office. We crushed it up there and then fermented it up there and then distilled it up there on the roof and learned. We were scared. I mean, the first time through, we thought we were screwing everything up. But it worked out. It was a, it's pretty decent. It was drinkable. We had it lab tested, and it was and every everything was you know safe. At the end of that, we thought, oh my god, this is so much fun. We got to do this again. And so we uh, have a house that had a has a garage in it here in town, and we built a distillery into that into there. We ran all kinds of electric and plumbing in there and stuff. And are you just buying smaller, I mean, smaller stuff, or are you going to these distilleries and going, Hey, how do we set this up? I mean, the, the wealth of knowledge that you have at your fingertips, because you and Scarlett, you both are so highly respected within the industry that people for authentic, pure tequila lovers, they see what you're doing and all the hard work you're putting into it. I would imagine these master distillers have really enjoyed kind of helping guide you as you've been building this because i'm sure over the past two years your garage has transformed a little bit oh man i keep i'm like keep buying new stuff the latest thing i bought was a commercial chiller it runs through a coil and then the coil i put that in the in the sink and the sink has pumps that run to the condensers so it keeps keeps everything cold without having to constantly put bags of ice in so that was my that's my last toy, and I have another. I have an autoclave, a, mi- a mini autoclave coming, <laughs> so that I can try to cook stuff on my own. This is a forty liter, tiny little autoclave. Normally, you're getting the agaves; they're cooking them and they're giving them to you cooked. Is that is that what's happening? Yeah. So uh, batch one was Fortaleza. Batch two was agave from El Pandillo, so f- with, from Felipe. Batch three was from Cascaween. Batch four was from 1146 or Enrique Fonseca. And batch five was from Siete Leguas. I mean, some of the best of the best. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's we're, I'm just so excited and thrilled that they would be willing to just like, yeah, here, take some agave. And every single time we're like, I come with cash. I'm like, agave is expensive. Come on, here, take this. And they're like, no, 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 please don't. And like, oh. Okay, so I'm starting to feel guilty about taking the agave from people, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's I guess anything to learn. But it's it's been a really really great fun experience, and we're trying to constantly improve and make it better and stuff. And it, it's also I feel meditative for me. Yeah. It's a nice it's a nice uh, you know experience, kind of like just become one with the process and and uh, zone everything else out has your confidence has it changed from lot one to lot five or do you still feel i mean again this is nature so it it could get in results that you're you're not seeing but i would imagine just by repetition you're feeling more confident with each lot yeah you know i i I make the batch and then i take it you know I, i i take it to you know the people who gave me the agave and i say what you know? How do, how bad I do? Like what? What? How did I screw this up? And getting their feedback has been really awesome. Like you know, we got great feedback from every single one of them. Great feedback from Chava about what we did uh, with his agave. Amazing feedback from Enrique Fonseca, Carlos Camarena. I've been bringing batches to him, and he's been he's been trying it and giving me feedback. I mean, seriously, those just those people I just mentioned right yeah. there. What this is better than any classroom that you could ever <laughs> yeah. want, you know. And this whole process, I mean, you're this is this is as small batch as it can get. Everything by hand, hot water bath, double hand rinsing. I mean, you've talked to me in the past about, and even Scarlet. I mean, just just having to to you know to get these uh, agave sugars off the fibers. I mean, this is as labor intensive as it gets. But for you, it's a, a pretty special thing to, yeah. to really be one with this process. Oh yeah. It's great. It, I, I'm amazed by the agave plant. It just give it's, it's just giving us so much gift. Like it's just so rich and full of. It's like a, a, a human's best friend. And you know, to be able to experience stuff like this is great. The the last agave we got from Siete Leguas was so high in sugar content. I we just couldn't believe it. The sugar that was coming off of these agaves was crazy. We normally try to ferment at about 12 bricks. And sometimes it's kind of a struggle to kind of get it up to 12 bricks. The Siete Legua stuff was 15 bricks we fermented at. Wow. It was just super high. And the alcohol it produced was a lot. It was, it was really high quality in the end result. And you're right. It's small batch. I mean, the maximum we can produce out of one lot. We got 100 kilos of agave. 
And with that, we created, we ended up with 18 liters of finished product. So I got bottle 28. I mean, this is the first time I've seen from these samples. I mean, this is not, it's not a 750, but this is a 500. I mean, this was presentation here. I got, this says bottle number 28, batch five. How many bottles for Latacito five did you, did you produce? I don't, I think you might have the last one. Oh, really? Because a lot of it gets, a lot of it gets, you know, before we bottle, we're testing, we're, yeah. we're taking samples to places. I probably burned through a couple of liters, just like sharing it around and taking it all over town. And like, what is it? How do you think? You know, so it's hard to tell based on bottles, but I know that we ended up, uh, when I poured the last amount into the, into the container, it was 18 liters for the last batch. It is, it is really good. And and I mean it when I say each one just continues there, there's differences just by different agaves and different. I mean, I know at the beginning, cause you're having to test everything. You're, you're having to do all your calculations at the beginning. You have since then purchased what was that, that snap 41 digital alcohol meter. Cause you're still having to test <laughs> yeah. you know, aldehydes, esters, methanol, things like that. So you are finding some ways to, to maybe be a little more efficient with it, but letting this sit and just letting it open up. I mean, you could blind taste this to people and they, they would think this is coming out of a really great distillery. And this is something that you're creating in your garage. That's got to feel pretty special. No, you're being overly kind. It's, I, I mean, I, I think we succeeded in that it is drinkable, but I'm not sure that we're at, at the point yet where I don't ever come confidently you know give somebody a sample especially somebody who's a master distiller like i i, I always kind of cringe and expect like you know to be to be uh ridiculed but i do feel like the batches are slowly getting better and i do feel like we're learning uh with each step and make adjustments as we go part of this is also not just to try to make a great tequila but it's also to to do experimental things like with the one with uh, the batch three with uh, the cascalina agave we decided to use two different yeasts because we've been hearing all this talk about how yeasts just the different yeast strains themselves would be creating a different profile and so we left everything else the same except for the two different yeasts just so we could compare the the two different yeasts side by side and it turned out it's true like yeah the you know choosing the type of yeast the strain of yeast makes a difference so it was fun to be able to experiment with that and instead of just hearing it in theory we actually did it and like learned and could speak to that the next experiment we want to do i'm hearing a lot of people saying like wow i hate autoclave autoclave you know i won't drink it i can taste it i can pick up the metal or whatever you know and, and that's kind of like i you know i'm not really uh, that needs to be tested so what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to get some agaves we're going to cut the agaves in half and put one in an autoclave okay. and one in a brick oven i like it and then so it's exactly the same agave and then cook them separately crush them ferment them separately distill them separately and then okay which one you know can you they should be different of course but can you tell which one is the autoclave? So that's going to be a fun little experiment for people who, and we'll have you know these samples sitting aside in the, the additive-free bar at Casa Lotecito, and uh, anybody who wants to come and try and take the test, they can. So that's probably going to be the next experiment we so do. So would that be lot six? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard those same people. I've heard people talk about autoclaves. I'm not in that camp. There's there's some amazing tequilas. You and I both know some some of the highest rated, some of my favorite tequilas are using an autoclave. So it will be interesting to see what what the results are. Like you said, this is, you know, experimenting. We're, we're just going to do some tests here and see as we continue to learn. So you mentioned Casa Lotosito. Th this is... I mean, this is turning into a brand and I know that's not your point. You're not trying to, you know, start your own tequila <laughs> brand, but you do have Casa Lotecito, which is your home bar, but you're also doing tequila tastings where people can, I mean, they can go to the website. We'll make sure people know the website and all that, that they can do 
different tastings and it's not just you know one tasting you've got different programs that they can go through what was what was that starting that and what's been some of your favorite parts about leading people through tastings Casa Lutecito is basically it's our second house here in the town of uh, Plaquepaque it's uh, it's our guest house so we'll have people there's two big bedrooms in there and friends and people in the industry can can stay there we have a big downstairs like living room with a big screen TV. And we've been doing tasting presentations there for people, members of our app, friends of members of our app, where they can come spend some time with us. And we put them through a presentation and a tasting. And the most popular one is the, is the, how to, how to detect additives in tequila, where, you know, you're, we have a whole presentation that goes really in depth on additives, what they are, the legal use, uh, how the industry uses them, why they're used. Um, and then in front of them, there'll be six tequilas, so, you know, two Blancos, two Reposados, two Añejos. And then they are they basically try to figure out which one is the additives and which one doesn't. And then we reveal which ones are the, which are the ones, and then they can use that as an, as an exercise to start training their brain. So that's extremely popular and a lot of fun. And but there's others. There's like Tequila 101. There's a uh, Tequila and Process where we show different effects of different processes with a really cool presentation. And then after that, that's kind of like classroom time. After that, we go upstairs to the Additive-Free Bar where it's just packed. I'm running out of space with all of these different great Additive-Free Tequilas that are in our program. And we go through and you know you, for an hour, hour and a half pick whatever you want off the bar and we sit there, we talk, it's very free form. And uh, we just really get into, into the weeds about, you know, nerdy tequila stuff. So that's the point of the Casa Lotecito. It also, it's also the place that has, has the distillery in it. I can't wait to, to be able to come and, and just the opportunity because it sounds like people, what's the best way? They go to the website, they go to Taste Tequila to the website, because I know there's a lot of great info there, and they can sign up. And I mean, just to be able to go spend time with you, for a tequila lover to go and to, to hear you and Scarlett talk about tequila, to be able to go to that bar is, is pretty special. So if people are interested in doing that, I don't know how often you're doing these, but you know, we've, we've talked offline and you're enjoying doing these. I mean, these are a lot of fun as you're meeting new people and you're bringing them in to this amazing story of, of tequila, but is the best way to, to go to the website to get some information about you know how to sign up? Yeah, people. If you're interested, you go to tastetequila.com, and there's a there's a link in the navigation on the left for private tequila tastings. That's where you go. Then we'll, there's a list on there of all of the different tastings that we offer, and then you choose one. Or if you want a custom one, we can make a custom one for you. Um, then we set a date and then you just kind of show up and we we do it. And it's been a lot of fun. Actually, we've gotten a lot of uh, people who have bought them as gifts for like, you know, like wives who have bought them as gifts for their husbands or husbands who have bought them as like a gift for the couple or, you know. So it's been fun to see people come in and really geek out and get deep into it and like ask ask anything they've ever wanted to know, you know, and it's just one-on-one -on -one time with Scarlett and I. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I would do it in a heartbeat. So again, go to the website. If you're going to Tlaquipaki, it's a, it's a beautiful little area to, to go and to be able to experience this Grover. We've seen the industry grow like crazy. We've seen, you know, amazing brands that can't keep up with the demand. And there's a legit shortage for some brands of uh, Añejos and extra Añejos. Some brands have had to increase prices. Where do you see the tequila industry going this, this year in 2023? And, and is there anything that, that worries you that you think, Hey, we should be looking at this as this industry continues to grow? No, I'm actually more optimistic than I was a year ago. I mean, I, I, I think on our last, on the last time we talked, I may have mentioned that I feel that I feel like there's a we're at a crossroads, and the more people that become educated and are you know start really getting into the weeds about tequila, the more this is actually coming to fruition. It's happening where there's tequilas that are essentially you know craft, small batch transparent products that are growing and growing and growing. And then on the other side, you have the uh, mass-produced industrial, cheaper, not necessarily transparent products that serve a very valid function in a different segment of the market. Yeah. 
but I do believe that the, the market segments are becoming more obvious and the, the customer is becoming more aware. If you want to know about tequila, if you want to learn about production and you know what makes a good tequila, you know where to go now. There's a place and people are starting to really take advantage of of the knowledge and the information that's, that's already out there. We can see it in our data. We can see it. Yeah. Um, we have approximately roughly 200 people per day sign up on the app. That's fairly consistent and it has been for the past about nine months. That's just evidence that the industry is continuing to be at this crossroads where the, the two segments become obvious. Yeah, I agree. And, and there is a feeling of more people wanting to be educated. And just the fact that, I mean, for you guys to have, you know, close to a quarter of a million people that have signed up that want to use this app and, and to see that there's a platform. I mean, there, there are content creators. There are guys out there, the people that listen to the show, you know, our buddies, Rob and Lucas, they have larger platforms. And that shows that there are hundreds of thousands of people that care about this and goes back to, I think it's not that they don't care. They just weren't educated. And now that they're starting to get into it, they're starting to really see, whoa, there, there is a story here. This is something to really be honored and, and to enjoy. And so that's been neat to see. So I feel like over the past year there, while there are, you know, there are some growing pains that the industry is going through. It does feel like there's a lot of excitement as to where this industry can go and people are wanting to know about you know hey transparency and you guys are really leading that charge i'm just really thrilled that we can help these smaller craft brands get the exposure and to build some some consumer confidence about their their products that they are what they say they are i think that's that i'm proud of being able to help with that but it's definitely something that is uh, really taking a much more of a bigger, uh, you know, like, for example, the wire cutter, New York Times wire cutter story that just came out, used our additive free list as the basis of the backbone of their story on tequilas. It's pretty Th- awesome. That, that is, wire cutter is no yeah. joke. That is like a, a serious, you know, they really do their homework. And to be held up there as in that regard by them was was really an honor we just had another one that came out this week food and wine came out with a, with a story using once again our additive free list as as, a, as something to kind of really guide you so it's uh i believe it's really helping it's a tool that people need to have on their phone and when they want to learn about tequila you are the place where they're doing that we saw 2022 man we saw a lot of great brands we saw some great new brands we saw a lot of amazing brands come out with different bottles expressions what were some of your favorite things over the past year that that you saw you know the 11 bricks has just come out and and people are are going crazy to try to get that winter blends coming out what have been some of your favorite bottles over the past year that you you've just been looking forward to and and you couldn't wait to to try we kind of get usually uh, if it's an if it's a product in our additive free program we usually get advanced advanced samples of those things like we got winter blend ahead of most people and on say bricks as well it's hard for me to choose a favorite but i think that we've seen a trend towards really expensive pretty tall bottles where the focus is on the packaging and then the price point is like super high and that's because the market has been dictating like the the distributors and the retailers and stuff happens give me something they're they're asking these brands give me something really expensive something i could put up on the top shelf within a a ridiculous price point because tequila is so hot right now someone's going to buy that so i need to have something really really expensive at the top end and so all these brands are responding so you see you know you see patron come out with el alto and you're seeing Volcan de Mitierra come oh, yeah. out with their, their XA. Their XA. And everybody's like pretty much chasing after the, the Don Julio category. So it can, you know, be a tall bottle that fits in an ice bucket and uh, it looks really flashy and it has to look expensive. So somebody's going to like make a flex move and like throw down all the money that it takes to buy it. Be very publicly seen spending money. That's been kind of like the trend. And, you know, you, people like you and I we kind of roll our eyes at that. But it's also opened up an opportunity for other brands like Costcoine and Fortaleza to do their, you know, thing. So it doesn't have to be 
necessarily a super flashy bottle. It can be something that's unique. It's, it could be something that's rare. It could be something that's special. You know, Siete Leguas has their Siete Decadas as yeah. well. It's a limited release that honors their history. It's, it's an example of being able to take this, hey, we need something expensive, but focus on the quality and not the flashiness of the, of the bottle. I think that's an encouraging sign that there are products out there that are, yeah, they're expensive, but the quality is really great. So Grover, as we get into 2023, what can we expect from the app to see over the next year? Uh, we got, there's going to be a string of updates that are going to come out okay. throughout the year. And we're going to try to get the app to be a little bit more community feeling so that there's a lot more discussion and dialogue between the members. Okay. And so that's coming. And then the additive free program is continuing to grow. Uh, we're, we're probably going to add uh, about, well, we're adding a lot of whole new distilleries because uh, there's a big launch of a bunch of new distilleries that are coming online. And several of them have said they want in on, you know, as soon as they start producing brands. So we'll probably add another about 20, I would say roughly brands next year is my, as my estimate. And we're also planning, and this may be an exclusive to you because I haven't said this to anybody yet. Love it. We're also planning a additive free week. You know, we're going to have a group of people come down. We're going to videotape the whole thing, put it online right away every day and with partner brands and partner distilleries that disclose all the kinds of things about additive use. We're going to talk to scientists and lab technicians and, and distillery master distillers uh, with the topic of additives so that it, we take the mystery out of it and, and get into the science of it and really look at what it is. So that's, I think that's going to be fun because it's going to create a lot, of, a lot of nice content in that week. So a lot of great things coming up over the year. I mean, the app is just going to continue to roll out new things with it and then stay tuned for a trip. I will be looking for those dates and hopefully maybe join you on that trip because that looks like that would be pretty awesome. Again, just from an educational standpoint. So a lot to look forward to in 2023. Grover, always an honor to talk tequila with you. Tastetequila.com is the website. A ton of great info and videos there. People can learn about those tastings. They can buy a Tequila Geek shirt. You'll never talk about this, so I will. There is a spot where you can donate. Uh, I, I know that this has been all you guys. There, there's no sponsors here. There's no private funding. So if you're listening and you uh, want to continue to support, yes, tell people, sign up, watch the videos, and all that's great. But there is a cost to a lot of this. And if you want to support, there is a spot there where you can go and, and donate it. You're, you're never going to hear Grover talk about it. So I'm going to talk about it. Uh, but Grover, thank you so much for, for coming back on the show and, and for really what you and Scarlett are doing. And you guys, this is passion. This is not a job for you. You guys really love Mexico. You love the people there, the culture, and you love this industry of tequila and agave spirits. So, so thank you for all that you do. And I look forward to, to seeing what is next for uh, the website, for the app and for 2023. So happy new year and salute my friend. Salute. Thanks for the support. Absolutely. All right, buddy. I'll see ya. That was Grover Sanchagrin from Tequila Matchmaker. Make sure to follow them on Instagram at Tequila Match and be sure to check out their website, tastetequila.com. A big thanks to SipTequila.com for sponsoring the show. You can keep up with me on Instagram and TikTok at Agave Social Club. I'm Doug Price, and thanks for listening. <laughs>